Welcome back to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Marie Tepman from Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have dedicated ourselves to helping property managers like you grow your businesses by getting more owner leads through marketing. Whether you need help with a website, SEO, content marketing, online reputation management, social media, paid ads like Google Ads, you name it, we can help you. Visit our website fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing the legendary Deb Newell from Real-Time Consulting Services. Welcome to the show, Deb. Glad to have you back. Hi, thanks for having me again. Of course, always love to chat with you. And so, you know, before, um, you know, we tried to schedule our recording, um, I kind of did a little bit digging, found out that, you know, you actually got started um, in the industry through your hobby of renovating investment properties. And then, you know, you had a very dedicated career and now you're a consultant. To those people who are listening who may not be as familiar with your very decorated background, do you want to give a quick overview of everything you've kind of done until this point? Sure. That sounds like fun. Okay. So started in probably like 1998, started renovating halls on my, um, just kind of as a hobby, really. And that kind of grew into buying rental properties. Really, uh, it was just a matter of wanting to get out of debt. And that was kind of the quick thing for me to do it. So uh, partnered with somebody, bought a rental property, did all the work where I also learned how to do all the maintenance, under, made a lot of mistakes. And once we sold that property, then bought another property, it just kind of honestly escalated from there. I just kept buying more and more and holding on to them after a while, um, realizing that it was kind of fun to hold on to and look at the recurring income. Honestly, I did not think further than probably my note and what I was getting myself into. So. It was, like I said, I made a lot of mistakes and um, didn't even realize there was resources out there and on who I could lean. You know, I feel like today there's just face with Facebook and everything. There's just so much more that had I known, I probably would have been a lot smarter. But I think I, I treasure those mistakes in a weird way because I feel like they gave me a really great foundation to be who I am in this, you know, with what I do, how bold I was with both residents. And when I started doing third party, then, you know, really setting boundaries, um, because I had done it myself. I knew how much work was involved. So, um, that was one thing I just kind of figured out from the very beginning is that I knew right away what my boundaries were. were. There's still, you know, still a few owners that we took on that we probably shouldn't have. Um, and you know, learn from those as well um and it kind of just grew from there then um i did that for 20 almost 21 years and uh through other personal circumstances i decided to sell my company but i had started the consulting company uh back in 2013 mostly because i started getting asked a lot to kind of help with other companies and it just again grew organically um, went back to school, got my MBA. Now I'm in a PhD program. So I'm kind of expanding on what I'm doing to really help others. Yeah. Which is really amazing, right? Like started as like, I just want to get out of debt. 
and then I yeah kind of think it's fun and then who would have thought that mm-hmm. you know fast forward to 2023 you are one of the top consultants in property management I did I literally thought I would do something else with my whole life <laughs> not and not this so I had different aspirations let's put it that way but you know I think things things happen for a reason we're here for you know what we're doing for you know we've kind of created our own path in life and this is what i have you know chosen to do and it's been good to me and i hope i'm good to it back yeah and i'm sure it was at all you know rainbows and unicorns because you started uh, investing in properties 1998 obviously you've been doing you know things related to property management since then and you lived through the great recession of 07 to 09. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, you know, to, to those listeners who may be curious what that was like for you and your market, do you mind sharing some stories around that? Yeah. So I was in the Minneapolis market. I, I no longer live in Minneapolis, but that's where I was during that time. Um, here's how I looked at it. It's, we're in this position. We're in a really great position, actually. It's, it was a win-win then, and it's always kind of a win-win for property managers. It's just really how you create that narrative. But, uh, you know, it's a good time to actually consider investing when the market is kind of in a spiral. Because we do know at some point, bounce back to at some level. Might not be the exact level it was before, but you know, people need a place to live. So owners either are equipped or don't know how to manage themselves and do a poor job of it. Now we're even in a better position because with all of the regulations that have really transpired in the last 10 years, that's to our benefit. As painful as it is, and trust me, it's very painful, um, especially if you're in Oregon or in Washington and Northern, you know, in California and it's it's hard because there's a lot of regulation going on, but that's to our benefit because we're the experts. And so we can spin that narrative and really capture the business and, you know, charge what we're worth, do what we are good at, and take that pain point away from owners, which, you know, we don't want them making mistakes. They could really lose their shorts on, you know, bad decisions. And so we want to make sure that we're doing those, you know, we're helping them and kind of making sure that those things are met and that, you know, if it's rental licensing, if it's, you know, you can and cannot do this, that we understand what those things are. Yeah. And there are a lot of regulations that are being Mm -hmm. proposed everywhere across the U.S. And I keep talking to property management professionals who are trying to fight the good fight, right? To try to, you know, bring light, um, like a multifaceted view, not just like the renter's point of view into like how these yeah. policies will impact the industry as a whole. Um, like, what would you say to property managers who are kind of just on the sidelines and who kind of feel like, well, we will just deal with it? Like, do you feel like um, there are things they can do in their businesses to be, you know, better at or help influence this kind of? regulation coming down? I think, well, I think you need to know what's coming down. So I think you always have to be aware. I've always been very legislative minded. I, I believe that that's, um, you know, understanding what's going on legislatively is is critical to our business. Um, it does paint us as the expert again, and it paints us into a position that 
um, allows us to kind of sometimes control that narrative, even with city officials. Oftentimes, when these regulations get passed, you're dealing with inspectors who don't always know the the what has changed. And so when we can be that um, partner instead of, you know, an adversary, you know, we want to make sure that we're in a good light. And so um, being kind of that key conductor and all of that is going to be really critical. So I guess to kind of go back to your question, it's, you know, make sure you understand what's going on. I think most people do now know that that's kind of, you know, the rule. I, it's interesting. I talk to a lot of companies every day and I get a lot of inquiries and some people are just starting into the business. They're brand new. They, they want to start a property management company, but there are now more regulations even before when I kind of started like, you know, licensing, how long you have to be a let, you know, licensee and all of these things that many of them don't know or take in consideration. So if they've never been in the industry and they're thinking this is what they want to do, I all, you know, I'm like, check first, if you can do it, do you need a license? Do you have somebody that can have, you know, uh, hold that license for you? Uh, what barriers are going to be in your way? that prevent you from just kind of starting up. There's only a few key states that don't require licensing. Other than that, you need to have a real estate license. So what will that entail? How long will it take? There's, you know, there's there's some workarounds. There's people who do this as a business. They'll be a big for you, um, a broker in charge. So they'll, there's, there's ways around it. But if you've never done this business, there's so many different facets to property management than there is to other types of businesses that I, always just caution them to say it's it's a lot more if you think this is going to be a passive business for you that that's not what I would suggest I always suggest getting super involved so you understand everything from start to finish from the entire life cycle from the beginning to the end and then when you're at that point where you want to step out a little bit more you have the right person in place so to go back to like your experience living through the previous recession as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, at what point did you feel like something weird was going on? And did you have to change your business or make certain difficult decisions to kind of weather through that? You know, I wish I had a really good story to tell you on that. I don't know if I remember specifically what I had to shift. Um, thankfully, I don't think, I don't think I had a big enough business, uh, probably only had a couple of hundred doors at the time. So it probably didn't, I don't think I felt the impact as much as I did, or I could have, if I had maybe more doors. It's interesting because I literally just binged watched like all day this, or probably most of the day yesterday that Bernie Madoff documentary. Um, that's on Netflix and um, it's a completely different point of view on kind of what, you know, what was happening during that time. Uh, but, uh, you know, can say that we'll probably, hopefully, I shouldn't say never, but go down that same path again. Definitely won't be the same. Um, but are there things that could still happen that, you know, we, we had a pandemic? So yes. So, so other external factors can still impact our business. In fact, doing that kind of a relatable thing, I think the pandemic was harder on companies than the the first recession, to be honest. 
I think um, people went into foreclosure and that that was probably what was detrimental. I thankfully, I don't think I had a lot that happened to me, maybe a small handful that I can recall, but it wasn't anything that caused me to really worry. I think if we position ourselves and have, again, really good contracts in place, those things don't happen. Um, the pandemic was such an unknown because it was just, it's almost like a movie. You don't realize that things could just completely shut down. That didn't happen there, but it did happen, you know, just in the last few years. So I think that had a more dramatic impact on our business and, and actually is causing a lot of other people to go, is this a, you know, an industry I want to go into? because we still recovered as we do, because again, it's kind of a win-win, we still need a place to live. But if you can weather the um, rent not being paid, you know what I mean? The the, the rent assistance and, the, and uh, yeah, the moratoriums, the rent assistance, like waiting on all of that to come. If you can weather through all of that and your owners can, then I think you have a good solid business with that you can get through that. You talk to a lot of established and even upcoming property management business owners. And given that anything could literally happen, what is your best advice on how to position yourself to not be so vulnerable if something else shifts, if something crazy like COVID-19 happens again? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is don't not be involved at all. So there's a lot of people I talk to who are like, I just want to get out of the day-to-day of the weeds. I get that. And that's important. And you probably shouldn't be in the day-to-day weeds, especially depending on your company size. But I think you should not not be involved or at least understand the company's metrics and where you're at at all times. I see a lot of people who don't even know where they're at on their profitability necessarily, what their customer acquisition cost is, um, what their profit margins are. Like they have a, uh, probably an, un, a little bit of an understanding. They might know the number, but they don't know how it's going to impact them. They don't know whether or not, you know, how many people they should be hiring who has direct labor in their company and things like that. So I think the KPIs and metrics, which has kind of been a buzz for so long, but I think the way that you look at your business um, and how you have operating the business and part of the team is really important. The culture is going to be important. Uh, not being completely hands-off is going to be important. So making sure that you're still, your company's still meeting their metrics every, I say week, month, every every day week and month you should have some you know key metrics that are in place and what those are and uh making sure that you're kind of you know you have your pulse on it still that to me is probably the biggest thing i think a lot of people want to be involved but not be involved and they don't have the right people in place and then they they kind of give their i'm always amazed how many people give their company over to their employees because they're afraid of the comp the conflict that could happen. They're like, I don't want to, I don't want to like put any more on them because they'll quit. And there was, you know, everybody was worried that people would quit. And, and while that can be a concern, I think the biggest concern is if, if they don't quit, who's going to, what's going to be more damaging if they stay and you just let them kind of create 
the atmosphere and whatever it is they're doing, I mean, that to me is actually more damning. So I really having a handle on the organization, the roles, the functions, the, the KPIs and metrics, if you have that foundationally, everything else will run pretty smoothly. But most companies I work with don't have that. They have a version of it. Um, so when I start working with them, I help them kind of develop that foundation, right? So what, who's, you know, what does the organization need to look like? If we could start all over and you knew what you knew today, let's, what would that company look like with roles and those job descriptions, those KPIs within those job descriptions, exactly what function are they going to be doing and really getting them set in that right mindset and thinking so that they can then build from there. Now, do I have the right people? Like, you know, you can't create a job for a person. You need to create, the person needs to fit into the role that you've created for the company. Oftentimes we just don't want to rock the boat. And so we don't. And so we kind of let it go. And what happens is you no longer have, it's, it's like you own the company, but you don't have any ownership into it. You have no say of what decisions get made or not. And, um, it's, it's a lot of, it's not done maliciously. It's just, it happens. And so you kind of lose sight of what your goals are. Yeah. So kind of like becoming an owner on paper, but you don't really have the, the impact as an owner, you know, in, in real life. And what really struck me when you were yeah. talking about like, you know, people, some people who say like, oh, we have these things, but they typically have a version of it, but it's not like completely fleshed out. Um, I, I, that reminded me of um, an interaction I had at NARPM National um, in 2022. So um, during the time uh, Daniel Craig was presenting the industry benchmarks, right? Like everyone should be there. Um, but just for security, in case there were people who wanted to go to the booth, like I stayed behind with one other colleague and someone came up to the booth and we were just curious, like, hey, why aren't you on the main hall listening to the benchmark study, you know? And we were just really curious and we thought he was going to say, oh, you know, I work with them or like, I already know all my KPIs, I'm good. Instead, he said, oh, I don't care about those benchmarks, those numbers, the data, you know, I just want to know that my business is profitable. And my colleague and I looked at each other like literally what they're talking about, like everything they're talking about there boils down to how well your business is running. And I think you're right. There is a disconnect between um, like the thing that you need to do and the interpretation people have of how to actually do it in their business and the impact. I think it's a little scary sometimes to know those numbers because I think what happens is people don't know what they need to know. It's almost like I always say work backwards, figure out what you want and then work backwards to get that. So if you're saying percent margin on all maintenance or I want a 20% margin overall in the company or I want more, you have to figure out what you need to do to make that happen. And that actually gives you kind of this benchmark to really build out the rep. It helps discipline you on what you, you know, as far as your income and expenses go, it helps discipline you on who you should, you know, have on the team, what roles they should be doing. Oftentimes we're, 
you know, I'll meet with companies and I, I'll interview, part of my process is I'm interviewing the team just to kind of get their take on their position, their, you know, what's working, what's not working. And I'm also kind of doing an assessment on the team person, you know, the team member and I'm realizing they might not be a great fit for that position. Maybe maybe a better fit in another position or they might have a good fit culturally at all for the company. Um, but oftentimes people are given these fancy titles that really don't even match at all what they do. They're the director of something. And I'm like, you're just a, an assistant or a property manager. Like what you're doing doesn't really equal up to. And, and honestly, if you're a director or you're a VP or your office manager, you should be running off of reports. You should be having your team meet all of these expectations with every day, every week, every month. And that's not how the business is run. And so they don't really know. And, and I often say growth will happen. You know, people are so focused on growing the business still, and the growth will happen if you fix the internal operations piece. If you have a good team in place, if they know exactly what they have to do, if they know when, where, how, what they're touching throughout the entire process, um, how the handoff happens, if that all can, if you can, if they can all answer it and it's all the same, then you'll grow. That's great. And so, um, you know, any final thoughts on um, where the property management industry is going in the next couple of years? There's so many things happening, right? Like there's soccer recession and there is also market consolidation. Like, you know, all the big companies are trying to buy up the smaller ones and there are smaller companies that are like, you know, I will never sell. Um, what's your take on all of that? It's interesting because obviously I sold, so that's, you know, but I, I sold for very, you know, I had a specific reason I needed for why I sold. It was personal and I needed to do it. And I also, uh, you know, I had some life changes that happened and that was what, what was my, you know, that was my why. Um, and, but I think, so everybody has a different reason and you have to kind of look at it and go, what, what is my exit plan for this, my succession plan. So you do have to, at some point in your career, think about what that is. But with that said, I still think there's a need for small companies. I mean, these big companies that are coming in and acquiring the smaller ones, um, at some point they'll consolidate as well. And what does that look like? Owners don't always want, they're not always driven by price. They do want customer service. They want some of the things that maybe the larger companies can't pivot and do as quickly as a smaller company can. So I think we're always going to be in this industry that is needed, small or large. Um, th that's, you can't um, commercialize it and you can't make it all AI. It won't work. There's certain things that we can do with AI and automation is key, but in the end, People still want to see a face. They still want to have communication. Owners were still giving us their asset investment or asset, whatever it is to them. They still want it taken care of. And that's kind of our role in all of that. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting, right? With this explosion of AI and you, mm -hmm. and you can literally spend the whole day thinking about like, how can I outsource every single facet of my business to AI? Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, like there, you know, people are going to entrust you with their biggest asset, right? And maybe there are people who never want to deal with a person 
um, but not everyone is going to be like that. Um, I know there's a, a, a Japanese restaurant here in San Francisco Bay Area that you just deal with an iPad. You like get seated and then there's an iPad and like everything is through the iPad. You order, you track your order and you know, it's novel, it's fun, but I'm not going to eat there all the time because sometimes I, I want to have a server who like chats me up and you know, it just feels more, it's just different. It's different. So with any business, I feel like. And I think that's a novelty experience, right? So I think to your point, that's a great idea and it probably works famously, but it's a one-time experience. These are transactional occurrences, not recurring things. When you have a recurring you know, transaction that's happening all the time, like it's monthly, every month I'm managing your property, every month I'm charging you a management fee, those are recurring, you know, transactions that are happening. But if it's a one-time transactional ancillary thing, sure, maybe, you know, an automation can, can set that up and be in place for that. But ultimately we need to have a better control over how we manage properties and um, how we manage the asset in general and become more of an asset manager to our owners and to our clients because you know, they may be in a position to buy more properties and we don't know that until we, you know, have an account review, fill them out. Like the, it's like kind of going back to the basics a little bit when you have a financial advisor, kind of going back to what is it you're looking for? What is your end goal? What are you hoping to achieve? The company needs to be able to one, do that, but also be able to provide that. So internally, what do I need to do to be able to offer that kind of a service? It's interesting that you mentioned uh, financial advisors because FitTech has been around for a long time. And right. you would think that by now there wouldn't be personal financial advisors, but they're still booming. Why? Because, you know, like, yes, AI tools are helpful. Um, I myself have played around with those tools to, you know, project retirement and they give you, you know, statistics and like, what's the likelihood that you would retire with this much money, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I still want a person to be like, hey, are there, you know, other things that I'm overlooking? Um, you know, you are a person, you've spoken with many families who have gone through this journey. Like, what can you tell me given the data, what the data is saying? Because at the end of the day, the algorithms are algorithms. They're going to give you like, what's the most likely but then it's like, if the data, like the data can't tell you everything. So I really love, um, you know, your comparison with like FinTech and like kind of like what's happening in property management. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And so I really appreciate you taking time of your busy, out of your busy day. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much. And, you know, where can our listeners find you if they want to ask you more questions or if they need some help sure. in their business? It's easy. My website's propertymanagementconsulting.com. So it's very easy and they can go there and they can um, schedule a meeting with me if they want to talk more. Um, it's all, you know, it's all there on my website and um, that's probably the best way. Really just, I like to cons offer, con you know, the first time I'm talking with somebody, there's no cost. It's just kind of level what are the pain points what are you experiencing uh you know we're a good team we're doing everything from helping clients do valuations and acquisitions and selling all the way through you know the you know creating that foundation we work with single family multi-family it's kind of we're all over the board but i think this um opportunity and working with so many different types and companies and and mixed in you know companies is that it 
really helps give me data on what work is working and what's not and kind of help present that for other clients as well. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Property Management Show brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have dedicated ourselves to helping property managers get more owner leads through marketing. Whether you need help with a website, SEO, social media, online reputation, content marketing, Google ads, Bing ads, you name it, we can help you. Visit fourandhalf.com to learn how to ramp up your growth this year. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. And if you are enjoying our show, please go ahead and leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. And go ahead, share it with your friends so they can benefit from it too. Feel free to send over questions, suggestions, comments to marketing at fourandhalf.com as well. Stay tuned for more on the Property Management Show. See you next time.